My question is, did Jughead get to take it into go box? Yeah, I hope I hope that he got like a doggy bag. Yeah. But it was shaped like a swan. You know, like how they <laughs> wrap food up at fancy restaurants? Well, fancy restaurants. Yeah, I was like, it doesn't really. look like a super they, fancy. It used to be like that, but mm-hmm. um, in like a uh, tinfoil that they shape into animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted his to be a swan. Oh, or a snake. Oh, no, you can't fit food in a snake. Never mind. <laughs> you can't fit food in a snake. I think many snakes would, would disagree. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies to the snake population. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 24-year-old actor and drama instructor. I like brooding anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I have way too much knowledge regarding details that no one else remembers. I run at the 100 script on Twitter. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey pretty much everywhere. And I got my driver's license actually just a little under two years ago. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time because when I was eight, I witnessed a car accident. Yeah. So it was like a genuine fear that I had for a really long time. And I always told my dad that like I would get my, like he'd be like, when are you going to get your driver's license? And I said, I will have my driver's license by the time that I have to drive my kids to school. That's what I said. It's kind of genius. And guess what? I did. (laughs) I have it now. Thank you. There you go. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 30-year-old journalist from beautiful post-apocalyptic Vancouver, BC. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And I got my driver's license when I was 22. Um, It took me a long time because I was in a car accident when I was 16. And it was like a pretty brutal one. So it um, made me really afraid to drive. So I finally got it at 22. And then um, I kind of got over my fear of driving. But yeah. Today we have words to say about episode 401 of Riverdale in memoriam. Ouch. Yeah. That's my general um, emotion about this episode was uh, that hurt a lot. Yeah. I guess the first question we really have is Tudor Boot. I feel like it is a... It's hard to give something like this a grade. There's no way I couldn't possibly boot this. No, I Without feeling like garbage. And I wouldn't boot it anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and toot it. It's just like, it feels like, it almost feels disrespectful to give it a grade. Mm. Like, of course, like we... We we will, and I would also say I think this was a wonderful episode. So I would definitely give it a toot, but it does kind of feel weird to be like, yeah, it was a good episode. Like, yeah, yeah it was a good episode, but it was sad. Yeah. So uh, I did my notes for this episode just chronologically because it all really was mostly just one storyline. Yeah. So uh, I cut it into quarters, and we're going to be doing it quarter by quarter. Cut it into quarters like um a really generous slice of cake. Mm. I'm hungry. I was going to say a grilled cheese sandwich. Ooh, what about a pizza? Again, these are all very generous. Yeah, I was like, you want to cut a pizza into quarters? I'm really hungry. Okay. All right. Speaking of hungry, we open with Jughead. (laughs) Thank you. Speaking. (laughs) Okay. All right. G&G is basically forgotten and everyone is talking about July 4th. Since Jason died, there hasn't been any celebration in Riverdale, but they've decided to finally do a parade again. Cheryl, still chatting with her brother's rotting corpse, finds out about it and is not happy. The core four are working on the pops float for the parade when Cheryl comes to yell at them. They go in to have breakfast and discuss their upcoming camping trip when Archie gets a call from Fred's number. He falls to the ground in grief. Back at their home, FP explains to Mary and Archie that Fred had pulled over to the side of the road to help someone when another car came and struck him. The car kept driving and they are searching for the driver. They meet with the funeral director who tells them they need to pay to have him transported. Veronica offers to pay for it. Due to the holiday, he can't be transported until July 5th, which doesn't sit right with Archie. The core four, as well as Kevin and Reggie, sit in Archie's backyard and tell stories of Fred. 
A treehouse he built, a good deed he did for Betty when Hal wasn't around, a caring father figure for Jughead when FP was out of commission. Archie remembers going to the store with him. Sometimes the smallest things are the moments we remember. That night, Archie has a dream of his grandpa Artie. There's a giant group of people there, but not Fred. Grandpa Artie tells Archie that he was supposed to bring Fred there. Archie wakes up knowing what he has to do. So I think the the thing that I just want to say like right off the bat is that I think KJ Appa did such a wonderful job of yeah. all of this, but mm-hmm. especially the scene in the diner, because like we've had a lot of like Archie and Fred stuff in that diner, of course. Mm-hmm. And it was such a different way of reacting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was really sweet when he goes down and he's on the ground, you can see Jughead like like rubbing his chest, mm-hmm. like really like soothingly. I was like, this is really cute. The amount of parallels that I see between this episode and episode 201 yeah. is staggering. Yeah. It's terrifying. To and think- of course it was purposeful. Yeah. 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 And it, but the thing is like, you go back and you watch that episode and you're like, how, like, obviously they didn't know because you know, they, you could never know. Yeah. You, about like, it's just yeah. not possible. But like, it was all about Fred dying. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like, you know, since he pulled through that, it was kind of like, it felt like Fred was never, like Fred was going to be in Nothing could ever happen. He, nothing could ever happen to that him. That was yeah. like, that was the episode where bad things happened to Fred. You know? Exactly. So it's just crazy having this episode after 201 when Fred was out here having all of these dreams about not being there for Archie's graduation yeah. and, you know, all of that sort of Missing stuff. Missing his wedding. That was, yeah. you know, Grandpa Artie was there at that point as well. And, like, man, looking back on it, that's so scary. And, like, I have some more thoughts on that, especially when talking about, like, that kid who took the car and didn't have his driver's license. Like, Archie did the exact same thing. Jughead said that in 201. Exactly. Archie yeah. took the truck for, like, to take Fred to the hospital. He didn't have his license. He did this. He did that. There's a lot of... And that's, um, and that's something that Archie himself, like, also pointed out. Yeah. Like, I used to do all of that stuff, too. So it's just, like, really haunting the parallels between the season two premiere and the season four premiere. Yeah. So I guess I'll just get into the notes that I put down sure. for yeah. the episode. Um, so we begin with seeing the Kellers jog together um, in weird synchronicity. Um, but I mean, my main thing is just like, hello, Kevin. Okay. Here's what I have a theory about this. Okay. Is I think, I mean, obviously we're not going to find out like what's been going on with Kevin until like the next episode. Cause that wasn't the point, but I like to think that he and his dad have begun like doing things together like this mm-hmm. to sort of like reconnect with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really good way to do it is like something they both have in common is sports. I definitely, you know, there's a lot of questions from the end of last season yeah. that obviously we can't really get to this episode because there's obviously something more, more important, important yeah. to deal with. Um, it doesn't stop me from having the questions, though. Okay. So, obviously, I'm like, hello, Kevin, what's up, man? How's the farm or whatever? When we see Alice, it's just like, I thought she disappeared. That Yeah, that was the thing that really you jarred know? me. Yeah. And I saw someone who was like, um, someone on Twitter was like, oh, my God, so Alice isn't dead. And it didn't occur to me that people would have thought because Alice, quote, unquote, ascended, maybe she'd be gone. Yeah. So that was interesting. I'm like, if Alice is here, where's my buddy Fangs? <laughs> Just a quick cue I had. Robin at any point. So where are Sweet Pea and Fangs? Yeah. Mm. Need to see Sweet Pea again because he, because Jordan was off filming other things and I just want to make sure Sweet Pea's okay. Thanks. Oh, that's right. So he couldn't be in that funeral scene, of course. Because, yeah. And he okay. wasn't in like the last, like quite a few episodes. So I'm like, where is he? Is he okay? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? It's mentioned that the town can't afford fireworks without the Blossoms sponsoring it. Cheryl and Nana Rose are the only Blossoms left. 
because Penelope is missing, which I didn't think about until you pointed it out. And yeah. then I got really sad. Yeah. Originally, I thought it was just Cheryl. And then I totally, I, I forget about Nana Rose constantly. Same. So, yeah. I mean, so does Penelope. So. Um, Betty is talking to Jughead about this thing that he wrote. She says it's really good and it's going to win this contest. I mean, okay, but finally someone else, like, read Jughead's work. Mm -hmm. Because I can't remember, when he was at Southside High, did that teacher read his work? The one that wound up being the sugar man? He, like, basically let him be on the black and red or something red and black red and but i couldn't remember if i, I, I feel seem, like at some point he said yeah this is good yeah you know? i seem to remember him reading something of jughead's it's like his and then fp and then whoever reads the blue and gold yeah it's like the only one like and like besides the blue and gold because that's just like his whatever stuff like the stuff that comes from his heart it's really just like fp and betty i would say so do you think that that's what they were reading was like the story so far of riverdale I don't know. I mean, that's what he was doing for the past few seasons. Like, that's been the thing that he's been focusing on. So I assume that's what it is because we have no other explanation. Explanation. But also it's like been a few months. Okay. You know, so I'm not sure. All right. They're building a float for the parade. It's actually a pretty cute float. It looks great. It's too bad they never finished it. I had a lot of questions about what they were doing with the blue shading on the milkshake thing. Mm. Because I was like... The milkshake thing was already white, and that's one of the American colors. Why are you painting it blue? And how far are you going to paint it blue? Because they so- needed, because it needed to have blue on it somewhere. I know, but they were painting the whole glass. Oh yeah. So maybe like, there, maybe the ice cream was going to be white. Yeah, maybe. And then the cherry was going to be okay. red. Well, I was just concerned. Sure. Okay. So here's another thing that they brought in from the end of last season that they didn't really give us an explanation for, which I hope that we will. Um, in later episodes is Cheryl is still talking to the creepy dead body of her brother. Yeah. What the hell? Can somebody explain? I mean, we complained about this last, last season too, but like, can somebody explain to me what is Cheryl's personality? What the type of formaldehyde that is inside of Jason that is allowing him to exist in this way? You know? Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. I was literally thinking about how inconsistent Cheryl's character is that it didn't even occur to me that like there would be a, you know, preservation process. Does Tony know about this? Does she think it's nuts? Just like, every, like, like we do? Like, I don't know. There's no way Tony knows about it. There's no way. It's weird. I don't think Tony would allow something that crazy to keep going. And if she does find out about it, is she not going to be like, why are you keeping things from me? Or whatever. Yeah, like, or just be, you know, creeped out. Uh, Okay, so who is writing at the Riverdale Register? Clearly the Riverdale Register is happening because Cheryl was reading it. uh, But I don't know who is writing at the Riverdale Register. I completely forgot. It can't be Betty, right? No. 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 Okay. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe they had an intern. Maybe. Or maybe they've... Well, Hiram bought it, right? Oh, right. Duh. Hal and Alice didn't work there anymore. Yeah, they sold it to okay, Hiram. Okay, okay. Or Hal yeah, yeah. sold it to Hiram Okay, so that solves that. Yeah. I know that this point doesn't really matter, but, like, the fact that they're, like, building this float in the middle of Park's... Mi- middle of Pop's parking lot. I'm like, can you... Like, I know that Veronica owns the diner or whatever, but, like, can you take up the parking lot like that? Like, don't, don't you want patrons to take up that space you know i mean but it's pop's law what does he care people are gonna come no, whether it's veronica's but but i mean it's pops too i know i'm just like is that smart probably not oh also i want to mention really quickly um both of us have had colds so if you hear a sniffle or something i'm sorry it's just that we're sick <laughs> i'm okay okay i'm sorry it's just that i'm sick and i'm still not quite over it yet um cheryl shows up and just like starts yelling at them and being like 
oh, I knew you were behind this or whatever. They're not the ones who decided to make this a parade. What are you talking about? And like, I don't know. Again, like, I think we, we just talked about this, but like the inconsistency with Cheryl's character confuses the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. Like, just let her be one character at one time. Yeah. She can't just flip flop from crazy girl talking to her brother to crazy girl who is angry on her dead brother's behalf, but like also has a lot of sass. I'm like, what? What do you want to here? making a cute little parade, you know? Exactly. To being kind and nice. Like it's I, just so odd. See, I thought that this had happened in season two, and then they were finally gonna like figure her out after like putting her with Tony and everything. Because they had her quite stable in season three. Which compared. Would, which would be annoying if it like this might be hypocritical, but like if this was a straight relationship and she was like crazy and then they put her with a boy and then they were like, oh, she's okay now. I'd be like, well. No, but but it's totally, it, it's completely different with Cheryl because Cheryl is now living her truth. Yeah. Cheryl was in the closet. Exactly. Now she's out of the closet. Like she gets to actually live authentically mm-hmm. and very freely. She's free of like Penelope stuff. But I mean, I guess you could argue that Penelope being the Gargoyle King might have psychologically mm. broken Cheryl. And maybe that's why the whole Jason thing is happening. That's why it's so painful like it just keeps coming back like that moment where Betty goes to Hal's grave and it's like vandalized like that moment really like hurts my heart yeah because like and 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 this can be applied to Cheryl as well because her parents like she had good I mean as good as it can be with those two good relationships good memories with her family and with her parents and finding out that both of them in completely different ways are like supremely evil And I mean, if I were Cheryl, I feel like a lot of this could be rooted in like psychology that the show doesn't even consider. But if you look at, no, because Cheryl joined the farm. Yeah. Like for real. Mm-hmm. That whole farm storyline seriously messed up so many characters. But um, if you look at Penelope being the Gargoyle King, Jason's dead body being found, like just a whole bunch of stuff, like the way that she breaks would make sense. But I don't think the show is going to explore that. Yeah. I don't like the know. show didn't even notice that. Like, Cheryl probably would have noticed that Josie left. Right. And they didn't do anything about that. Mm -hmm. Because remember, like, when Cheryl sent Josie, like, animal body parts? I will never forget that. Oh, that was weird. Okay, so Betty mentions that they're going to be preparing to go to college this time next year. So, season five. I mean, that's gonna be crazy. Oh my god, they'll all finally be legal. I mean, like, here's the thing. I stopped watching Glee before they even had the Cory Monteith episode, which is, like, kind of the equivalent of this episode. Mm-hmm, yeah, for sure. Um, Because one of their principal actors passes away, then they have to make it make sense. Mm-hmm. I think that was the, like, the episode before that one was the very last episode of Glee I ever watched. And yeah. I just, like, couldn't bring myself to watch that episode. And I just, sense. like, never yeah. kept watching. But... And Glee fandom don't come for me because, like I said, I didn't watch these, like, seasons. But, like, when they go off, when they graduate, and there's so many seasons that they've all graduated, and now they all have to go to, like, separate colleges and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's just not as good anymore. So I wonder if, like, if the show's going to be able to sustain them all splitting up. I wouldn't be surprised if they did some kind of thing this season where they all have to repeat a year. Ah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just, just to hold off that sort of plot line for season six and then right around six or seven they can start to explore okay maybe it's time to end right it could they could do a um like what happens at the end of deathly hallows um so like at the end of deathly hallows harry and ron and hermione just full-on don't go to seventh year yeah because it's messed up everything is bad obviously like i don't know what's happening this season i don't 
know if it's going to be probably won't be as bad as it but i mean did these is. kids ever go to class anyway i mean the political climate in harry potter at that point was horrible but either way they did not go to seventh year and harry and ron never go back and finish seventh year hermione does so i wonder if like if they have this season where they completely just don't go to school and then next season they do their final year. So it's rather, so yeah. instead of it being like they have to repeat a year, it's like they just skipped a year and then go. And I mean, considering Jughead's missing for a part of it. Right. Right. That might be, that might be like the stopgap solution. Could be it. Okay. So Archie answers the phone. Who was on the phone? Like it's from Fred's phone. So police? Yeah, it's probably that um, that police officer that we saw, or the sheriff. Okay, w- if this were true, would they not have gone through Fred's phone, found his number, and then called from the police phone? Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe it was Shannon Doherty then. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know what her character's name is, so I'm just going to call her the actress's Guess name. Guess what? I looked it up. What? Doesn't have a name. Character yeah. didn't have a name. That kind of makes sense. She, If yeah. she's like a nameless entity, then she's always slightly ethereal. Yeah, so in my notes, I just called her Shannon. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. Okay, so we had the same thought. Okay, yeah, so uh, that I mean, that's all I've got. So, oh, so this is another um, parallel to season two is in 201, after Archie goes in, has his shower, or this is actually before I think he has like the shower where he washes all the blood in and then off and then uh, uh, Veronica comes in the shower with him and we're all like, why are you still wearing your pearls? This is weird. Do you remember this? I, I do because I remember thinking they're teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yep. He gets home after Fred's been shot and he has to walk Vegas and he talks on the walk with Veronica about how much Vegas loves Fred and what would Vegas do without Fred and what would Fred do without Vegas and you know yeah and so the the fact that they had that moment where Vegas is crying because oh Fred isn't there was heartbreaking and like such an important thing to bring up though like what a missed opportunity story-wise to have had Vegas with Fred Mm. and for Archie to be like I gotta go get my dad in Vegas. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, get them both. Yeah. But, I mean, either way, I think, like, for the record, Archie having to go and get Fred's body, I think, is the perfect storyline. Yeah. Like, it was the perfect way to do this. I don't know how else they could have done it. Yeah. Yeah. The fanfic writers are like, I have other ideas. (laughs) And I'm like, good for you. Donate to AO3. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, the town that he's in is called Cherry Creek. Um, It's a creek in the Okanagan in BC. Um, oh my god, so we're just giving up the pretense that this is the East Coast? Well, it definitely is because they said, like, upstate and stuff like that. Like, they used upstate. I know, but I just think um, it's so funny. They're like, we're not in Canada. But, like, for <laughs> example, like, Gracie Lake or whatever from last season, like, these are places in BC, and I don't know if they're doing it on purpose. They have to but, be. But uh, Cherry Creek is a creek in the Okanagan. I think that's kind of sweet. Yeah. I love that they're kind of, like, honoring the fact that they shoot here. Yeah. By, like, and I mean, to me, Riverdale is a very Canadian show yeah. in terms of like, you know, there's, you know, the blossoms and the maple syrup and all of the different locations and the sort of indeterminate weather. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's cute. Um, One of the notes that I had was just that I'm really glad that this isn't Archie's storyline for the whole season. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that it was all- You were all, worried about that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, gl- I'm just really glad that it was all wrapped up right now. Like, I was worried- at the beginning when FP first said, like, we don't know who it is. I was like, please oh, don't rap. Yeah. Please don't make this Archie's entire storyline all season just looking for the person who killed his father. You know, like, I just want it. I want it to be this episode. This is like a 
Not a, it's not special. Technically, yeah, it's not technically a bottle episode, yeah. but it's just like this episode is where these storylines are held and it, they don't bleed out onto other well, storylines. And that's or not other to episodes. say, like, to clarify, like, that's not to say that we don't want Archie to grieve his dad. We do. Of course. And that's not to say that we, like, this shouldn't be something that impacts the rest of the season. It should. Of course. It's just that Archie going on a one man manhunt kind of feels very, like, it feels like treading over, like, already a trodden path, basically. Yeah. And um, it was just like Archie has gotten to, like, such a place where he's just such a likable character now. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't want to see him go back over those same things, but I do think he should absolutely grieve his dad Mm -hmm. and, like, that should massively impact his character from here on out. Yeah, and I would never, because I know how incredibly respectful the cast and crew are and how much they tr- they loved Luke and how much they wanted mm-hmm. this episode to be a tribute to him. Yeah. And I absolutely think that they succeeded. But what I don't want is for the entire season to be about Fred's death because then it feels a little bit more exploitive. And yeah, I was, yeah. Like I said, I would never assume that they would ever explore, uh, explore, exploit that. But, and they didn't. No, because that was one thing that we were really worried about. Because with episodes like this, there's a fine line that you can walk between honoring something and exploiting it for audience emotion. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, it's it's a difference between a good drama and a soap opera. And even sometimes soap operas nail the drama. Mm-hmm. But we didn't want it to feel like they were just milking this for all that it was worth. Yeah. For promo, for money, for like, you know... I mean, not to be, you're not going to like this, but it's not This Is Us, mm-hmm. where they want you to cry every single week and, like, they actively work to make you cry. Yeah. It's just, like, they wanted this to be something for Luke, and if you cried, that's nice, but if you didn't, like, yeah, this is still special. So, yeah. And they did that. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. So, uh, the fr- funeral lady, her name is Mrs. Fisher, which I think is, it, do you think that's a reference to Miss Fisher? I don't know who's that. Miss Fisher Murder Mysteries? Like the show? I don't know what that is. Well, then never mind. I forgot to... I looked up the Archie Comics character for George... Um, what's his heckin' name? I don't uh, remember. Uh, the guy. A something. Yeah, it starts with Augustine. Yeah. Um, but I forgot to look it up for Miss Fisher, so I'm gonna look that up right now. Oh, I'm gonna pee while you do that. Do you mind? Uh, so I looked up Miss Fisher. Mm-hmm. She's not on the list of Archie Comics characters. All right, okay. Okay. So it's gonna be $9,000 to transport him. Jesus. Why? Oh, caskets. Yeah, and okay, so there's this YouTuber I watch. Okay. Um, her name, well, her username is Ask a Mortician. Well, okay, I didn't know this is where this is going. Okay. Her name's Caitlin, and she's a mortician, and she runs a funeral business okay. in California. Okay. And she's really great. She, like, specifically runs her business so that she's not... One of my friends in film school, her name's Hannah, and she's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted to do a documentary on the funeral industry, like she was really interested in the funeral industry because it there's a lot of things out there that are trying to just take your money. Oh, okay. Like, it's not great out there right now. Okay. If you're interested in the funeral industry and all of this, once again, ask a mortician. You can go look it up on YouTube. She's great. Um, and she ha- answers, like, a lot of really cool questions. But yeah, 9K to transport? Yeah. No. That's... No. Okay. I haven't watched it yet. It's on it's in my subscriptions, but she just put out a video. Oh, man, I wish I had watched it. But I it's 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 called Your Funeral Shouldn't Cost Fifteen Thousand Dollars. That's Whoa. what it's called. And it's ten minutes long. Like I said, I haven't watched it yet. But yeah, it's the funeral industry, it's not great right now. Nine thousand dollars is not correct i mean you know? i i'm so fascinated by why things have gone the way they have for yeah. funerals but i mean i guess that's just 
the way the, the problem, economy's going. The, yeah, the problem is that people don't think they have any other option. Well, yeah, you have to... Yeah, I mean, this is like a whole other podcast, yeah. I guess, but yeah. But like, you know, they think that you need to be buried, and so that's more expensive than being cremated, and um, being like... I can't remember what it's called, but like water cremated. It's like, I don't, I don't know. It's like being d- dissolved in water basically. And that's like its own thing, which is like l- less expensive than oh. um, cremation. And there's like, I, I think, but you know, there's all of these things that people don't know about. Like the whole thing where it's like, you make your ashes into a tree and you blah, blah, blah. Like there's so many different, like you can be turned into a pearl. You can, I want to be a diamond. There's a lots of, of stuff out there that people don't, but people are grieving and they don't know what to do, especially if your person didn't have like a will or didn't tell yeah. anybody exactly what they wanted to do. So $9,000 obviously is definitely not how much this costs. Okay. But it makes sense for what is up right now. Okay. Um, Mary also mentions that there's a plot beside his father that, that they're going to bury him in, which I think is really lovely. I just had a nice thing to say about Lily mm-hmm. when she's telling the story about like the daddy daughter thing that Hal wasn't there for or whatever. Mm-hmm. Lily is very, very good at telling stories like realistically as if she's remembering it yep. right there. Yep. And that's something I really appreciate about her. I think it's been really fun to see Lily grow as an actress. Mm-hmm. She was like, if you, I went back and watched the pilot recently. Yeah. She's great then too. Yeah. She's, she's only oh, gotten yeah. better. She's nailed it. But like, I think because we saw her in Hustlers. Yeah. Um, and you sort of see like her Hustlers character has sort of like the same notes that Betty does in a lot of ways. It's like if Betty decided to go and become like a stripper, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But I just, I think her as an actress, like she's very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. And she did a really good job here. Yeah. Um, and then Kevin mentions that he also donated sets for the musicals, which we knew about. And yeah. also kind of hit me in the heart because my dad did that Aww. when I was in musicals. Veronica doesn't get to tell a story, but I liked that because they remember yeah. that she wasn't actually there. She wasn't there for their childhoods like yeah. everyone else was there for. So I thought that was actually really cool. She was just there to sort of be supportive and like bear witness. Um, and then Archie telling the story about just going to the store. Like I remember stories like this, like with my grandpa. Yeah. Like we would go to Zellers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the time. And, you know, we would go to the park and I remember those things. The, the the little inconsequential things for yeah. some reason like stick out the most mm-hmm. so inside of the dream that archie has he sees grandpa artie and yeah Ar- grandpa artie says like where's or he says where's fred or something like that yeah and archie says i thought he was already with you and that was the most haunting oh. thing i had ever heard in my entire life do you think that's why archie had to be sure when he when he was like, we have to make sure it's him because of something in that dream. That's such a good point. That's such a good point because he wasn't there. Exactly. So it's like, you know, yeah. you were supposed to bring him here. And it's like, ooh, okay, let's just make sure. Yeah, yeah since he wasn't there in the dream. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because everybody, not everybody in that dream was dead. Yeah. You know? So I actually have a, I wrote down everybody who was there. So we had... Standing, Jellybean, FP, Sierra, Tom, Kevin, Alice, Hal, Hiram, Hermione, Reggie, Clifford, Penelope, and Pop. And then in between Jellybean and FP, there was like this shadowy figure. And I had no idea. I was like, I can't figure that out. Like, is it like he's mentioned that he had an uncle? Like, is it his uncle? I don't know. Like every single other person. Like, so seated, we had Tony, Jughead, Betty, Mary, Veronica, Cheryl, and Jason. Alice wasn't there. 
Alice is there. Oh, sorry. I didn't hear you say Alice. Alice. with Hal. Sorry. But there was this one person and I was like, I don't know who that is. Like, I guess I'm just going to have to come on the podcast and say that I don't know who it is. Like, can anybody tell who it is? And then I went on Twitter and they posted a behind the scenes photo from that scene. And it was Ben. What? Like, it wasn't Dilton. It would have made more sense if it was Dilton, but it was Ben. Why? I don't know. Is he something that you think, like, haunts Archie? I just think, like, he, we know for a fact that he grew up with Dilton. Like, Dilton was in the comics. Dilton. And Dilton was also, like, Dilton's death was, like, a big deal. I I mean, Archie wasn't there. It was more for Jughead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, what the hell? But that doesn't make sense as to why Ben was there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, why the hell? Okay, anyway. Yeah. They just, they make choices on this show that I will never understand. The only other thing that I wanted to point out was just that Jason was the only one in white. Everyone else was in black. I pointed that out when we were watching it. That one's mine. I don't think that one was a hard one to grab. Okay, well, fine. But okay. Fine. But Jason is always in white. Like, Jason is always... Always in white and never talking. Never speaking and always in white. So it's interesting that, like, Archie even remembers him in white. Like, in the pilot or maybe the second episode... He remembers Jason, like, or no, Cheryl remembers Jason in, like, his football. Yeah, and it was, like, weird to see him in color. Yeah, and and everything, but he's almost always in white because that's what he died in. Yeah. So, I don't really know what else to bring to that, just that it's interesting. I, I like that kind of continuity for the show, though. Yeah. For a show that doesn't always nail continuity, that feels good. So, that was the first quarter of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when the title actually comes up it takes 10 minutes for the title to come up for the first time which i think was really interesting i feel like it takes a little less time usually usually but before we move into the uh other quarter can you tell me what patreon is um yeah patreon is a service where you can donate monthly to your favorite creators wow tell me more about that well like i mean for example if your favorite creator is us uh-huh then you can go to patreon.com slash the and donate starting at a dollar a month a dollar that's it yeah because it helps with our hosting fees because we have um five different accounts with which we post we have we have four different accounts and then we're getting a fifth yeah, account. Yeah, that's what I was trying to get to. But we don't have the fifth account yet. We're going to have the fifth account because I want to do a Star Trek podcast. We're going to do a Star Trek podcast. We'll talk about it a little bit more in the Yay. outro. Um, so stick around if you're interested in that. Brittany. I'm interested. It's going to be interesting because Brittany knows like everything there is to know about Star Trek and I know exactly zero things. Like I can tell you who Janeway is, but just because my roommate is trash about it. <laughs> Um, so that's going to be interesting. It's going to be one person who knows about Star Trek, one person that fully doesn't. And Sam kind of in the middle. Yeah, exactly. Sam will also be living with us. Emily knows some too, so she'll probably pop in from time to time. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. But each one of our accounts, that'll be five now, takes $15 a month to keep going on SoundCloud. So... We definitely need your guys' help. Rent here in Vancouver is expensive and we can't be taking out of our own pockets to pay for it. But of course we will if we have to, but we love your guys' help. Um, And if you can't donate, it's totally okay. The next best thing you can do is recommend us to a friend because if that friend listens to us and likes us enough, maybe they will help us with our Patreon. Yeah. Yeah. So either way, um, thanks guys. Thanks. We really appreciate it. Yeah. So now we're going to move on to the second quarter. I'm ready. In the middle of the night, the core four meet up with Reggie, who's letting them use a hearse. Which, what? Sure, sure. But then they say that it's because his dad owns a car dealership, which we did know, so, like, we'll let it slide. No, it makes sense. Yeah. They get to Cherry Creek and talk to Deputy Winters, who shows him where the truck is still parked using a map. 
They go to the funeral home. The funeral director won't let Archie take Fred because he's a minor. So they call Mary, who does some top-notch mom yelling. <laughs> like, I know Mary's a lawyer, but you know that was angry mom yelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Archie can take Fred now, but it'll be a few hours. Archie asks to see his father. He ultimately backs out and asks Veronica and Betty to go in and make sure it's really Fred. Archie asks Jughead to write Fred's obituary. Veronica and Betty emerge from the room and break their news that the body was, in fact, Fred. Back in Riverdale, Tony and Cheryl have come to Mary to express their condolences. Cheryl remembers how she felt when Jason died and doesn't want them to feel that way. She has an idea. The core four go to find Fred's truck, which is just how he left it. Another car pulls up behind them. Okay, so the thing that I liked in this thing, like, or this, the second half of the first half, one might call it, um, was that I think... (laughs) It's going to sound ridiculous, but the way Mary responded to Cheryl made me laugh. Tell me more about that. Because Cheryl was just like really emoting and feeling a lot. And Mary was just kind of sitting there like, I don't know how to respond to this. But also like, God, I understand why this young girl is so traumatized sort of thing. I have questions about this later in the episode. And we can talk about it then, but I will just say like what it is now um is that Cheryl even more than like Betty and Veronica and and Jughead and everybody seems so shook up yeah like she's the one who's who's crying the most at the funeral and everything not to say that if you don't cry at funerals it means that you're grieving less everyone processes differently of course yeah but it was just interesting to see that Cheryl was the one who was crying the most and listen I went to two weddings in one day um, last month and I spent the entire time bawling. Yeah. You're a happy crier. Oh, I'm a full on happy crier. I'm an everything crier. That's true. But, and even though this is a funeral and not a wedding, I had somebody turn to me and say, hey, this is a wedding, not a funeral, which made me feel stupid. Do you want me to kill that person for you? Thanks. But it made me feel stupid and dumb for crying, even though I was trying to be happy and enjoy a wedding from for you two just, of my very best friends from high yeah. school. Let just let people feel. And you know? I, I think that's why I think maybe that might be how Madeline or Madeline yeah. um, processes too. Yeah, which I think was really interesting because you can see like how each actor expresses sadness, mm-hmm. and that was hers was just sort of uncontrollable crying. Yeah, which like same. Yeah. If it was me and this was happening and I was having to act in this scene, I can't say I wouldn't be doing the exact same thing. Oh, for sure. And people would be like, why is Robin's character crying the most? Why is that happening? It's like, because I'm just a deeply sad and cryy person. Yeah. So. And because I think this is like for Cheryl, it's also fair to assume that, you know, given what she said, this probably re-triggered a lot of stuff about Jason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When it happened in the exact same time of year. And, you know, as you and you pointed out, even when we were watching, like, she lost her dad. And, I mean, mm-hmm. he was obviously not the greatest person, but she lost her dad and her mom's MIA. Like, mm-hmm. I think this probably brought up a lot for her. Yeah, exactly. So car dealerships have hearses? Well, he had a used car dealership, so you never know what you're going to end up with true. there. Yeah. Okay. Um, det- uh, Deputy Winters, she's a nice lady. She is a nice lady. I do have to say one of my, actually, see, I thought there was only like one funny line in the entire episode. Okay. But there is actually a second one because I thought the scene and the the line where Mary was like, Archie, I thought you were upstairs in your bed. Oh my God. We did laugh at that. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. (laughs) Like, so. Hey mom and Archie. Okay. But like, here's the thing. Yeah. Mary answers and she's like, Archie, I thought you were upstairs in your bed. And Archie's like, yeah, I just didn't feel like moving. Yeah. (laughs) Um. And? I have absolutely done that to my mom, just, like, for the record. Yeah. 
Um, I thought that the actor, like the guy who was the funeral director, did an awesome job of being yelled at. Yes. Like silently. Yeah. He was good. I liked him. That was a man who has been yelled at by a woman before. (laughs) Yeah. So, of course, and we kind of talked about this already, but I thought that subtextually this was like really clear that Archie like needs to know that it was him. Like, first Mm -hmm. of all, like, I'd like to see him. It's important for me to see him. But then it's like the reason why it's important for me to see him is because I have to make sure that somebody isn't making a mistake. Yeah. And that my father is out there somewhere and I have to go find him. And I also think it's such a human thing to have like a little like sliver of hope that maybe it wasn't real. Maybe it didn't happen to him. Yeah. I really loved your point about Grandpa Artie saying like, or like the reason why he maybe partially because of that was because in his dream, like he wasn't there and he was supposed to be. And the thing that you pointed out also, because we were watching it and we were just sort of like, they did the Betty and Veronica going in and seeing it. And it was either that they were going to say it, it, it wasn't Fred and Fred was somewhere else, which I was not going to enjoy. Yeah. But oh, that, yeah. Yeah. I, that would have been really messed up. I wouldn't have liked that. At yeah. All. And then what you said was they probably had to do this for the audience's sake because this show makes you so paranoid about like Mr. X and like, mm-hmm. you know, theories and things like that. So they had to unequivocally say, please don't speculate about this. This is really Fred. Like, we're not going to sensationalize what happened. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Totally. So I wrote down a note, and I think I answered it, like, pretty immediately afterwards, actually. But I wrote down, why didn't he ask Jughead to go in? Like, why would he ask to... Not that um, gender norms even matter in today's society, but, like, why ask the two girls to go in instead of the guy? You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely did wonder that, but I think it was maybe, like, he needed Jughead outside more. Right, and he did ask Jughead at that moment to write Fred's obituary. Yeah. So, I think he knew his different his different friends were equipped for different things. Yeah, agreed. And he knew that Betty and Ronnie were strong enough to do that. Yeah. Okay. So Cheryl wanted the July 4th parade shut down and now another tragedy has happened. Does she feel responsible? No, because in my mind Cheryl kind of reclaimed July 4th with the fireworks thing. Yeah, sorry. I just meant like in the moment where she's talking to Molly or Molly Ringwald, but like when she's talking <laughs> to Mary and Molly are close. No, it's very no, I think yeah. they did that on purpose. But, like, Cheryl wanted uh, people to not celebrate on July 4th, and then another tragedy happened. Like, can we make that make sense as to why she's so shooken up? Why do I keep saying shooken? Shaken up about it is because she feels partially, like, a little bit, like... Like it's a cursed day? Yeah, like, she's like, I wanted this, and then people were finally moving on, and I wanted them to not move on, and now another thing that's going to force people to not move on, you know? I don't think the show would ever, like, give that to Cheryl, but I think, like, in terms of, like, just as a person, that would make sense for her to just feel a lot of guilt. I agree. I don't, I definitely don't think that's what the show was going for, and I don't think that's going to be a continued thing that Cheryl's like, I'm cursed now, Um, but I do think that's a headcanon we can have. Yeah, for sure. Oh, Cheryl knew that Jason was okay on July 4th, though. He died on July July 11th. She was she was in on it. Oh, that's remember a good that? point. Yes. Yeah. She knew that he was okay for at least that one day. But, I mean, of course, like, that whole Americana, like, yeah. thing would all be tainted then. Right, exactly. Oh, oh, um, this is sad. Seeing a vehicle after someone has passed away is so hard. It's, like, it's... Or anywhere that they were, like, supposed to come back to. Yeah. You know what um, I mean? It's like a moment in time that's always going to be frozen. Exactly. Like, you could go into somebody's room and their bed isn't made. You know, you're like, they were planning on getting back in this bed. I I feel that way about um, seeing profiles on social media. Mm. 
Um, it's very haunting to me. Right. If I could bring Cory Monteith back up again, his last tweet was about Sharknado. I hope my last tweet is about Sharknado. I hope it isn't, Brittany. I hope it is. I want to be remembered that way. Like, like, I'm I'm not trying to make light of, like, what happened to Cory Monteith. I'm yeah. saying, like, that's, that would be a great, like, punchline. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just think, like... That's I, probably not what he wanted. Yeah. And thinking about, like, Archie again, it's like, I just, I know how painful that is. My grandpa... He hardly ever drove it, but he had this truck, this blue truck. It was an old truck and he could hardly drive it anymore just because it was so old and the mechanisms inside it like weren't up to date at all and Mm -hmm. it was just old. But like every time I looked at that old truck, you just, oh, yeah, just hurt. You're like, "Mm, that's not supposed to not have him in it. Yeah. Yeah. One One of my cousins ended up taking it and he like fixed it up and drives it now, I think, which is... Nice. I feel like that's what grandpa would have wanted. That's a great way to honor someone. Yeah. That's amazing. They had to drive it back to Calgary, though, and I think it stalled in the middle of the highway, so. Ooh. Yeah, that was, like, a year or two ago, though, (laughs) so it's fine. At least you can, like, (laughs) on an Alberta highway, you can see that stall from a mile away. Yeah, exactly. So I just, I feel like that was a really cool thing for the writers to add because it, it's like somebody, the person who came up with that in the writer's room has had that experience because it was very visceral it's just very what am i trying to say it's truthful it's It's truth accurate yeah yeah so he has like a photo of archie and mary he has a few things in there but the thing that really messed me up was the fact that he has chewing tobacco in there what kind of detail was that since when does fred like i mean maybe we're forgetting yeah i don't remember fred ever chewing chewing tobacco no we're not forgetting that's that's never happened and like as somebody who has like gone around to like teach children about the the dangers of tobacco um, you were like, what the hell? He needs tobacco facts. This is a horrible detail for them to add. And it makes me like retroactively like dislike that one thing about Fred. You know, I'm like, yeah. Fred, you're supposed to be in the mor- moral police. You're supposed to be the highest morality. This is not the moral thing to do. You're supposed to be a good um, role model. You know, I mean, you never know why someone takes up chewing tobacco or why the chewing tobacco. All right. Or why they take up smoking, like, you know, there's always external circumstances about Everything things, about tobacco but... is really disgusting, but chewing tobacco is the most disgusting. I think the thing that I think the most disgusting about chewing tobacco is when people keep it in their cheeks and then they spit it. And what I'm else like, do you do with chewing tobacco? That's just yucky to me. Yeah, but what else? Like, that that's it. That's what you do. Yeah, but, like, both those things are gross. No, I know, but, like, when you said that's the most gross thing, like, what else do you do other than that? I don't know. That? I, I, that's it. Blow a bubble? You sure don't, bud. You never know. No, you know. I don't know anything about <laughs> chewing tobacco. I do! Except that um, cowboys used to spit it mm. in um, metal cans in the And then it would go, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's gross. Please don't use tobacco. Please don't use any type of tobacco. If and stop I... vaping unless you're quitting. Do not, smoking. Do not vape because bad things are happening to people's lungs. And if it tells you that it doesn't have nicotine in it, it's lying. I mean... I mean, at this point, yeah. It it's lying. Is. That's the thing is all the kids would be like, but what if it says it has no nicotine? No, it has some nicotine in it and it's slowly addicting you. Please do not vape. I think smoking Thank companies you. might be the most evil thing on this planet other Fully. than Facebook. Fully. I said what I said. Facebook. Hmm. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to bleep that out, but yeah. the, the double F was satisfying. Mm-hmm. And I stand by it. Mark Zuckerberg is a monster. So that is the second, That that's the half point in the episode. So here is my summary of the next quarter. I'm ready. 
The woman, whose character doesn't have a name but is played by a Shannon, so we're going to call her Shannon, is carrying flowers. Archie asks her why she's there, and she explains that she was the one who Fred was helping on the side of the road. She even recognizes Archie because Fred was talking about him. She feels responsible and tells him that Fred pushed her out of the way. They cry together. She invites them all to join her in a prayer. In another diner, Archie thinks out loud about how Fred shaved, shaved Shannon's life. Saved Shannon's life. Veronica calls him a hero, but Archie is upset that he had to be that be one that day. He wished he had just driven by like everyone else, but that's not who Fred was. Archie leaves for some air and gets a call from FP who tells him the name of the man who struck Fred. He's out on bail. Archie finds the man's address in the phone book and goes there, attacking him. It's revealed that the man's young son had taken the car without permission, without even his driver's license, and his father was taking the fall for him. Archie is disappointed in himself. Fred wouldn't have wanted him to go and hurt that man. His friends find him again and comfort him. Archie and Veronica will take the hearse and Betty and Jughead will drive Fred's truck. They head back to Riverdale. So um, the thing that I really, really, I, I, for some reason I keep kicking off every section by saying the thing I really liked, but having <laughs> Shannon Doherty there was really cool. Can you speak on that a little bit? Um, so basically like they were um, co-stars like, like in Beverly Hills 90210, which basically made Luke Perry like Luke Perry, you yeah. know, like he became the big teen heartthrob and... So um, they were on 90210 together. And so I think this was just like a really good way to sort of like pay tribute to that time of his life and to like the thing that made him who he was by having like such a big reminder there. Because Shannon Doherty was like, you know, she is 90210. And she was the one, I believe she asked to be a part of the episode. Um, I believe I read that somewhere. I'm reading an interview with the showrunner who said that he and Luke had talked a lot about trying to get Shannon on the show Mm. and the timing hadn't worked. So because they were originally going to have like someone play her character and they thought, what if we had Shannon do it? Mm -hmm. So he said, um, he said, and he, and he, who was Luke, cared so deeply about Shannon. She really wanted to be a part of it from when we first talked to her about it. So Okay. That was, I think that that's one of those sort of like little fate moments. Yeah, for sure. I gotta say, I was a little surprised when she said like, are you Archie? Your father was talking about you because when um, I first imagined what happened when FP was explaining it to Archie and Mary, I thought he had literally just like opened his door and then bam. Oh no, I didn't imagine that. I I totally did. And so when she was like, he was talking about you, I was like, girl, when? (laughs) Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. I literally was like, oh, I didn't realize like, was he... I guess my question was, like, why was he out on the road? But it also makes it better because he didn't die alone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that really messes Archie up. Yeah. For a second before it had... And I'm glad that they didn't do this because I feel like that would have retroactively kind of, like, skewed it a little bit weirdly. Mm -hmm. Like, originally when she had first walked up, I thought, like, oh, he was here in Cherry... Whatever. Creek. Creek. Um, to, like, see the girl he was dating, and this is the girl he was dating, because, like, he and Mary are separated, right? So it doesn't have to be. And then, like, when it became, like, just, like, he didn't even know her, he just saw her, I was like, that's almost better, because he doesn't doesn't need any more storyline. No. We don't need to think about this anymore. Well, it's just because that leaves, um, the exploitation question in there, which is, oh, do we really want to pull at the audience heartstrings even more? And it was, no, he was just a really good person who stopped to help someone, and, like, he was better than most people. You know? Yeah. I thought the prayer was a really interesting choice. I thought it was too, because they'd never really established a lot of religion in the show. Yeah, like really, we've only really had like Veronica being, what was it called? Um, confirmed? Yes. Yeah. Veronica being confirmed and like, it's just interesting because we've never really seen anybody else do much with religion. 
So it's like, I just wonder whose choice that was. I'm just reading. And where that came from, you know? Can I tell you a fun fact about my life? There's nothing cute. There's nothing in the interview about like why they chose to do that. But I think it's just, you know, it felt right. When they did it, I was like, okay, this feels right. Yeah. Do you want to hear an anecdote about my life? Sure. I know the Lord's Prayer pretty well. Um, Not because I went to church a lot as a child, but because um, like when you were in elementary school, did you have to do that thing where you have to like read for half an hour every night? No, I just voluntarily did that. Oh, okay. Well, I had a thing where like you had to read for half an hour every night. We had like a readathon and everything. And the bookmark that I had in my books when I was in like second grade, what had the Lord's Prayer on it. Oh. And so I would sit and just like look at it sometimes. And so that's why I- it, Yeah, it's one of those things you- I, I had on. it memorized. Yeah. I um went to Catholic school. Yeah. Which literally no one would believe about me. <laughs> including myself but yeah i knew that because i had to freaking go to catholic school yeah um so in the diner there was some really interesting details with the food Mm -hmm. so archie hasn't touched his food of course betty and veronica have like half of it eaten and jughead's is gone And I was like, they get it. They get it. Even the props department gets it. Set deck, you got it. I love that they're trying to incorporate that more because for so long, we were like, why isn't Jughead ever eating anything? He's Jughead. Yeah, he like says like, like earlier he said like he would ask me if I was hungry and I always was. And I'm like, that's my guy. Yeah. That's Jughead. I believe uh, one of us had a segment. I want to say it was me, but I'm not sure. Did Jughead eat a burger? Did Jughead eat a burger? That was yours. Yeah. Where it was like, I, I was just trying to... I wanted Jughead to eat a burger. Yeah. So Archie is really messed up because he says that he died alone on the side of the road without his friends or family. But he didn't. But he didn't. He had Shannon. Yeah. And at the same time, like, even though his friends and family weren't there, he was doing something that he believed in. And I think that, like, means everything. Yeah, I agree. So Archie leaves. Did they have to pay for his food? Uh, probably. He didn't even eat it. My question is, did Jughead get to take it into go box? Yeah, I hope I hope that he got like a doggy bag. Yeah. But it was shaped like a swan. You know, like how they wrap f- food up at fancy restaurants? Well, fancy restaurants. Yeah, I was but like, doesn't really. look like a super they, fancy. It used to be like that, but mm-hmm. um in like a tinfoil that they shape into animals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I wanted his to be a swan. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, or a snake. Oh, no, you can't fit food in a snake. Never mind. <laughs> you can't fit food in a snake. I think many snakes. Would, would disagree. disagree. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies to the snake population. <laughs> yeah. So I think we actually got some foreshadowing when FP was on the phone with Archie telling him about George. I forgot it already. Augustine. Augustine. He says that he had no priors and that he was really shook up about it. So I think the no priors part is a little bit of... Not that the little kid had any priors or anything, but it's kind it's of like, like... if you wanted to read into it, you could. Yeah. yeah. And and I also think that's also part of it not being like Archie's whole thing this whole time is he's like, he has 14 priors and he's an evil man and you have to go get him, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, he's just a guy. He's just a regular person. Who which is how these things happen sometimes. Yeah. That it, you're just a regular person who makes... not. I'm not going to say a mistake because obviously it is a mistake, but... You're a regular person who commits basically what, I guess, manslaughter. It's definitely, I would definitely call it a mistake. And no, and it makes it sound like it was an accident when in actuality, like it all was like a series of choices that someone oh, made. Do you know what sure. I mean? Like yeah. it was a mistake in terms of God, I wish that hadn't happened, but a mistake in terms of no, like a, a series of events led that kid to that decision. Yeah. So my man's got a phone book 
Okay. I literally was laughing about this as we were watching it is Archie gets off the phone and then he looks at a phone booth and he goes in and looks at a phone book. And I'm like, there is a thing in your pocket that you were just speaking on that has the ability to look up the name that you were looking for. And yet you went to a phone booth. Well, the thing is that he wasn't looking for his phone number. He was looking for his address. I hope that people can't Google me and find my address. It's all in the yellow pages. If you choose to give that information, the yellow pages, it's in there. Okay. Well, and that's online. It's probably just part of like the whole Riverdale. When is it happening thing? You know? Well, that and like, there is a sort of satisfaction in having a finger pan down the page. And like, like true. It's aesthetic. So he gets there and George calls him son. And it's so colloquial at this point that I'm like, yeah, it didn't even cross my mind. But when he said, like, you killed the man, the only man who was allowed to call me that, I was like, um, ouch. That line. That line was incredible. That That was a really good line. Yeah. I think it was, it was well executed too. Mm -hmm. And again, like KJ did such a good job because you could feel every emotion that Archie was going through there. Um, so... George's son's name Jeffrey. There is a Jeffrey right here. <laughs> oh my god, that's you. Um, but there is a Jeffrey in the Archie comics. I definitely don't think that that's who this is supposed to be. Yeah. But Jeffrey just... was a love interest for Ethel. What? Yeah, and it was kind of. Remember when Ethel was alive? It... Ethel is alive. Oops. Where is Ethel? Midge died. I know. Ethel but... is alive. Kate, literally, I thought Ethel died because she's never around. Yeah. She anyway. was in the sisters. Yeah. Anyway, okay. And the farm? Question mark. No, Mm-mm. just the sisters. You know what though? Ethel seems the type that would join. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it was kind of weird because apparently this is like back whenever. Cool. Forever ago. Cool. But um, Jeffrey's character, like the character in the comic books, was blind, and that was the reason why he liked Ethel because Ethel is so ugly. Oh, yeah. It wasn't good. It was bad. Ugh. But it specifically said that like. He likes Ethel because he can like her in different in the ways that other people overlook because she's so ugly. I love that instead of saying, hey, society is terrible for treating people the way they do based on their like appearance, mm-hmm. it was, well, this disabled man can love her despite her ugliness. Because, because he doesn't he know cannot see her. Like <laughs> it wasn't good. Oh my god. It wasn't good. I we was like, that's it- not I was like, that's not what this is apart. It's nice that we've moved on from that. I was like, that's not what this is about. That's not him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Archie kind of brings this up and I brought it up a little bit as well. Archie himself drove like that very truck without a license in 201. Yeah. When they were talking about and they revealed that it was the kid, Robin literally went, Archie used to do that all the time. Yeah. I think this is probably just like something that happened on set or something, but I thought it was interesting that we don't get a close-up of this kid and we only get one angle. Yeah. Like, it's as if we o- they only had that one take to edit with or mm-hmm. something. It was really weird. Like, I can't tell if, like, all of the other angles were, like, corrupted or something, but, like, I expected to get a close-up on this kid and I don't know what it means that we didn't get a close-up. Maybe we were just never meant to see much more of him. Yeah, Because he I was know. supposed to be sort of a non-entity. Like, we didn't even get another angle. It was just that yeah. one angle. It was so I think- weird. Yeah, I think the the less they exploited that, the better, because it was like, you didn't want a close-up of his crying face, because mm-hmm. that would have milked it too much, like you wanted to focus on Archie. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, So when we were watching, you knew that FP was going to call Jughead. Like, as yeah. Archie left, you literally <laughs> said, as if FP isn't going to call Jughead, and then Jughead goes, yeah, my dad called me. I was <laughs> like... You imagine being FP, he's like, well, I know exactly what that kid's about to do. Why did I give him his full name? <laughs> Social security number and uh, phone number, you know? Who knows? 
Um, but Archie brings up, like, he knows that he could have made that same mistake. Yeah. And a lot of people could have made that same mistake. For sure. Yeah. I mean, not me because I was terrified of cars, but, like, yeah, same. other people. Yeah. So Archie says, I'm a terrible son. And, of course, Veronica is able to, like, talk him down from that sort yeah. of thing. And I know that it's supposed to be a scene between Veronica and Archie. But I did think it was kind of funny that um, Archie says, I'm a terrible son. And Betty and Jughead are just like, hmm. And then, and then immediately turn and walk away. And it's like, I know it's because there was a lot of nonverbal communication going yeah. on. And they're like, okay, this is, this, Ronnie's going to take this one. But it was just like. That part felt a little clunky. It was like, way to go, dummies. Yeah. Like, they literally were just like, whoop, gotta go. Yep. Whoop. And then they left. Um, <laughs> Got a jet. Yeah. So that's the third quarter. Obviously, the first quarter was the one with the most conversation in it. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So this is my summary for the fourth quarter. Looking forward to it. Okay. On their way back to Riverdale, they run into FP. He offers to give Fred a police escort home. As they drive, Cheryl's idea comes to fruition. The July 4th parade has become a parade to celebrate Fred. Signs say, welcome home, Fred, and we love you, Fred. And we're all crying by now, right? Oh, yeah. Like, if you didn't cry this whole time, this is gonna get you, right? <laughs> they arrive home and the funeral begins. Josie sings Amazing Grace and Archie gets up to say a few words. After the service, Veronica speaks with Mrs. Fisher about covering the costs, but she reveals that Hiram has paid for everything. Betty visits Hal's grave. It's been tagged and vandalized with Black Hood slander. Jughead struggles to write Fred's obituary, but it ends up perfect. All of team adults read it, including Hermione and Hiram in jail and Alice at the farm. <laughs> Ouch. That night, fireworks are lit in the Andrew's backyard in Fred's honor. Archie goes into the garage and we get some very painful archive footage. Thank you, Luke, for Fred Andrews. We loved him. Oh, okay. I didn't cry through most of this episode, but the absolute second, because I, I knew it was coming. The minute FP was there and he had his cruiser, I was like, okay, so he's getting a police escort. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, okay. okay, that's I'm like, fine. I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then they get there and I see the welcome home Fred sign. Oh, oh, Robin, I started immediately. Like oh. I knew you'd been crying for a while, but I honestly hadn't. Like I had, I think I had, I had teared up during like, um, Betty and Veronica seeing the body a little yeah. bit. And I had teared up a little bit when Shannon was speaking yeah. and a little bit when like the kid had said like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I made a huge mistake. I didn't mean to. My dad was, was, um, protecting was me. protecting yeah. me. Like, those were, like, a bit of teary moments, mm -hmm. but I'm with you, man. Like, as soon as we saw Welcome Home Fred, I was gone. Like, I don't know. There was just something so impactful about seeing, like, the whole town just be like, let's bring him home. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. let's let's lay him to rest the way he was supposed to be. And, oh, man, that broke me so bad. To be honest, I wasn't crying that much when we watched it the first time. But today when I was sitting by myself doing my notes, I was bawling because I was like pausing and like reading all of the signs and they all say something a little bit different. And I'm like, Ugh. Shout out Ugh. to the props in art department. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. It couldn't have been easy making all of those signs. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. That would have been horrible. Yeah. Oh man. But okay. So I can't imagine sitting in a hearse like that with the body right behind you. No, I couldn't do it. That's like, and like, thinking shout about out it to friggin' time. Veronica too, because she did it and did not say a thing. Yeah. She was just like, that's the kind of person you want in your corner mm -hmm. during any situation. Like, Ronnie always rises to the occasion. Yeah. I would, like, I mean, was her storyline the most interesting storyline last season? No, no. But I never didn't like her. You know, like yeah, I always liked always, Ronnie. I was just always wanted more for Ronnie. Yeah. But she, she's, she was always there. She was always a bro, you know? I mean, when she's with Archie, sometimes I get a little... Yeah. But I think their relationship is going to change a lot with, mm -hmm. like, this sort of loss. And, like, they said in the interview um, that I was just reading from earlier that Fred's sort of 
Fred's loss is going to give the season sort of a mourning yeah. feel. Like, everyone yeah. is in mourning. And I'm like, I'm glad for that. Like, I'm glad that a TV show is going to explore the emotional repercussions of someone losing a parent. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine what other show I would be trying to insult here. I just yeah. can't imagine the hundred oh. ever. What? What? Hmm? Anyway. Gotta go. Um, so even the twins are there with Shoni and Nana Rose. Yeah. For a minute, I was like, whose baby is that? <laughs> I was like, what? Who? What kid is that? So Tony was holding Juniper, and I literally wrote in my notes, where the heck is Dagwood? And then I was like, looking over to the left, whoops, miss Nana Rose again. <laughs> Why do you keep missing Nana Rose? I keep missing Nana Rose. I don't know. It's crazy. Okay, so anyway, she's there. Both of the twins are there. Yeah. Pop didn't have time to change, my man. He, he want. Like, honestly, him being Pop Tate would have been, like, the most authentic thing yeah. to do. Yeah, I agree. So they get to Archie's house. Mary is there, of course. And, like, no offense, but, like, why are the Kellers and the McCoys there? Yeah, um, I feel like they needed to justify bringing, like, those actors back so they just put them in a scene. Like, they didn't do anything? It was, it was an odd choice. I like that, like, I think they were maybe trying to highlight that, yeah, all these people came together to be there for Mary and, like, look, these actors are back. But I was like, that's right. kind of an odd choice. I mean, like, Sierra and Kevin and Tom were all in that group shot in Archie's dream. Yeah. But Josie wasn't, even though he just dated Josie. I think they could probably only get Josie for, like, certain scenes. Yeah. So they did what they could. I think it was important for Josie to come back for the funeral, but I also am like, yeah. I think it was just like actor availability and then, you know, who should we have in this scene to like express that Mary is not alone and that like, yeah, you know, just to really populate those scenes with people that demonstrate how loved the Andrews are. Yeah. My thing was like when I was watching the trailer and we got like the shot with the fireworks and everything and the fact that Josie was there, I was confused because I was like, Josie left. Like we had a whole episode about Josie leaving why like are we gonna have to have another episode all about Josie leaving like I'm a little confused but now looking at it after having seen this episode she isn't there for like anything she's only there for the funeral it's just a visit so that makes sense that's what I was trying to tell you the other day when you were like trying to figure out like are we gonna need a farewell and I'm like no it's like she just went home to say hi to everyone and then she's going back right but I was like she'll figure it out (laughs) I got there so the pallbearers Archie Jughead Kevin Reggie Tom and FP Perfect pallbearers. Yeah. Oof. Okay. So this is another thing that if that parade hadn't gotten me, this part would have gotten me because we haven't seen his face for the entire episode. Yeah. And then we get his face in the frame in the wreath. That was really hard. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. We hadn't seen his face the whole time. Which I think was good. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about it until I saw it. And then I was like, oh. I was like, a lot of the choices made this episode I really liked. Yeah. Uh, oh, my next question was, why is Cheryl so shaken up? But we've spoken about that yeah. already. Archie is so strong to be able to go up and speak. I wouldn't be able to do it. I haven't been able to speak at any funeral I've ever been to. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to go to the funeral. I can hardly speak at weddings. <laughs> okay, noted. Have you speak at my wedding? I will ball. (laughs) And everyone will know. He says that he, that Fred helped build the town. Like, my friend Fred wanted to be the mayor because he talked about how much he loved Fred is the rightful mayor and I will say that forever. (laughs) Yeah. Well, who the heck is the mayor now? Hermione's in jail. Yeah, who's the interim mayor? I don't even know. I don't even know either. Okay. So now they have fireworks. 
which now Archie has said, like, kind of represents Fred. So every time we see fireworks in this show, we can be reminded of Fred. It's really sweet, yeah. And have that, and know that that was purposeful. And I also like that with this final scene, too, and with everyone's memories, there's now so many things that now, like, visually remind us of Fred. Mm -hmm. Like, we don't have to see his face to feel his presence. Like, the jalopy, the garage, even Archie's music. Like, we can still really feel his presence. Well, Archie even says at the very end, he says, I'm going to honor him every single day. Yeah. You know? Um, So how did you feel about the reveal that Hiram has paid for everything? It makes sense because I think instead of it being a shocker, I think it's... I mean, it does certainly help to humanize Hiram. Yeah. But... Fred, like, he knew, he knew Fred. Yeah, they went to school together. Like, if you go back to Midnight Club, like, I know it looks like Archie, but it's Fred, you know? It solidifies that the adults all did matter to each other. Yeah. And it, it kind of picks back up on relationships that I think you and I both felt kind of fell by the wayside Mm -hmm. by, like, the end of season three. We were like, what's going on with team adults? And so now I think... I think it was really nice. The fact that they are continuing to focus on team adults means the world to me because the team adults is my favorite part of the show. Yeah. And so getting to see Hiram and Hermione and Alice, like seeing yeah. the obituary and everything, that meant so much to me. That was probably one of my favorite parts Same. of the of that. Because I was really worried because the show does have a track record with this mm-hmm. that they forget to show, like, especially with the adults what their reactions are to events that go on around them. Yeah. And the fact that they remembered meant a lot. And I'm only a little sorry that I laughed my butt off at Hermione and Hiram being in matching orange in uh, their respective jails. That made me laugh. So we go over to Hal's grave and it's been, it's got graffiti all over it. Um, It's been vandalized. I truly cannot blame whoever did that. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's horrible for Betty, but I... I you can understand it. I totally understand it. I mean, especially if that was like somebody who knew one of the victims victims yeah. as well. Like, I totally don't blame them. But like being Betty and going up to that and seeing the grave Horrible. of somebody who yeah. you had good memories with, you know, like up up until like the pilot and even like season one. I mean, Hal was still garbage in season one, like that whole thing with the like whole abortion stuff and everything. Yeah, he was like, awful. The whole he was he wasn't yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. But before then, like Betty really had only good memories of her father. They like he taught her how to do the stuff with the cars yeah. and everything. Like she had a good relationship with him, and so seeing that from somebody who is in the town of Riverdale, like I see that, I'm like, well, yeah, totally, I mean, he like, deserves it. But seeing it from Betty's perspective was painful. And even, like, going, like, more, you know, microscopically than that, she also carries his genes. Yeah. You know, like, he's a part of her in a way that, like, he tried to, like, really exploit, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so everything that, like, is disrespected about him, I think she might feel like, oh, God, like, you know, is this my legacy? Is this the the Cooper legacy? Mm -hmm. Um, Cheryl's father also died disgraced. And I, like, when I watched it, I thought, I wish that Cheryl would come up and say something like me, not not necessarily like me too, or like just something about how they would live better than, I mean, they're cousins and I feel like they can really support each other, support each other in, in, at this time, because it's like, who's got their dad left? Exactly. Jughead and Veronica. Jughead's dad is the only, and Kevin, of course, of course. But we cannot um, forget the most swole dad. <laughs> I know that Hiram is swole, but I think Dad Keller might be more swole. 
having seen Martin Cummins in person last month, I can say swole. Swole. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But we're running out of dads and it's really sad. We've got like two good ones and then like Hiram who's think, like also there. But I do think interestingly, even though Fred won't be there physically, I don't think his presence will ever go away. Oh yeah. And I think like his impact and his influence obviously won't be like, you know, as big as it would be if he was there. But I think his positive like influence over Archie will still be felt. Yeah. And like, even like the signs, they said like, you'll always be a part of Riverdale, Fred, and we'll always remember you. Exactly. Like yeah. So. so I think that Hermione, Hiram, and Alice were the three that we saw um, reading the obituary. First yes. of all, Jughead, top-notch obituary writing. Yeah, really, really good obituary. That was great. Great um, But here's the thing. One thing that I don't know if we considered until I was re-watching this afternoon was that like, we know that Hiram knew about it, obviously, because he paid for it. But, like, this could have been how Hermione and Alice learned that it happened. Yep. And I think that's true. Like, you, I think that that's what happened. Like, yeah. watching Alice's face and watching Hermione's face. Yeah, the I devastation on Hermione, especially. Like, thinking about Hermione and Fred, they were, they loved each other in high school. They got back together at some point, like her relationship with Fred has been really, really important mm-hmm. and instrumental in her life. And so losing him is really like thinking about that is so sad. Yep. And then, like I said before, I don't think that Alice knew either or else she probably would have gone. I mean, we don't know where she is. Like we know that she's with the farm. There was a poster in the background, but we don't know where she is, whether or not she would be allowed by Edgar to go to the funeral if she had known. Well, that's the thing that I was thinking after was how did she get a hold of that newspaper wherever they are? Well, that's another question I had also is that like usually obituaries are in the newspaper before the service. Oh, yeah. So that people who don't know can read it in the newspaper and then mm. go to the service. So I'm not sure. It just it makes me think that they're still the, the farm is still nearby. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, we definitely know that Alice will be back soon. Yes. So great. I love Alice. <laughs> One of the things that Jughead wrote in his thing was that Fred left the town better than when he found it. And that's his legacy. That's and I thought, so true. Oof. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Archie says, I wish people were half as good as his dad was. And Veronica says, you are already. And I feel a little bit bad that all three of us, while we were watching, both went, yeah, only half though. <laughs> no. That's it. <laughs> only half. Yeah. I He's mean- getting better. He's a kid. Yeah, exactly. But he is, he is like at his core, I think Archie is a very good person. Yeah. And so Archie, of course, kind of agrees with us and says, I'm not yet good enough, but I will honor him every day. Um, And then heck, Archie goes into his garage and we get some really painful archive footage. I did not ask for archive footage. I knew that it was going to happen at some point this episode, but I didn't ask for it. And it's very painful. I like that they used it sparingly. Yes. Agree. Yeah. I definitely think that was good that, that Archie didn't like walk throughout his house throughout the entire episode with these memories. Like I think the ending was a great time to do that. I I agree. And I like that it was just um, the things that Archie touched were called those memories because it felt very organic. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's time for our segments. Uh, My first segment is a sexual joke. Question mark, question mark, question mark. And the answer is yes, always yes. I don't care. I feel weird doing this segment just because, I mean, it's a serious episode, but mine is which MILF was the most badass. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mary. Mary. Oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Always marry, almost. Uh, did the snake parents acknowledge their obvious history? No, Alice is off yonder. And also, um, that's coming. 
Yeah, that's coming. It, 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 oh, it, oh, it's gonna happen. Oh, it's coming. <laughs> oh, I'm excited. Oh, it's so sweet. So now it's time for our best line award. Uh, so my best line award goes to Jughead and Cheryl for. I mean, you don't have to come. Oh, I'll be there. Insufferable Smurf. I think that the insufferable Smurf line is like obviously the star of this. Yes. But I would love to just. Don't sleep light. on. Yeah, yeah, don't sleep on, I mean, you don't have to come. Yeah. I also really love That's that. That's also high quality. Yeah. Mine goes to Mary for... Hello? Hey, Mom. Archie? Are, aren't you upstairs in your bedroom? No, I'm in Cherry Creek. Archie, what the heck? I thought you were in your bed. <laughs> so, before we do our trailer reaction, which is next, um, we have a really cool announcement. What's our announcement? We got a sponsorship. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Um, well, it's more like a more of an opportunity. It's like an opportunity. Um, uh, you guys know that we work really hard, and so we are so excited to announce this, and we hope that you will join us on this season-long experience mm-hmm. journey. Um, we have partnered with an app called TV Co. It's TVCO, if yep. you want to look it up in the App Store. And basically what we're going to be doing is every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., PST, um, we're going to be doing an hour-long live stream where we re-watch the episode, like the previous episode. So, for example, if this episode comes out on Monday, um, uh, the episode of the podcast, that is, tomorrow we will be live streaming on the TV Co. app, uh, re-watching 401 in preparation for 402, which happens the next day. Exactly. If that makes sense. Yes. Um, we're going to be, and we're gonna be talking through it and all yeah, that. Yeah. Doing a rewatch talking about it. If you guys want to join us, you can. 7 p.m. PST. That's 7 p.m. Vancouver time. Uh, That's where we are. And uh, we're also going to be answering questions, doing discussions. And we know that it might not be like super big at the very beginning, but we're hoping that by the end of the season, slash halfway through the season, we'd love to have lots of you there every Tuesday night talking about each episode because we want to hear from you guys. So uh, we are super excited about this opportunity and we hope that you guys will join us because it's really exciting. Thank you. Thank you. So now we're going to do our trailer reaction. We're back to heckin' 20 second long. Because sometimes they're like 40 seconds long, Yeah, the right? extended promos, yeah. Yeah, so hopefully, uh, you know. Hopefully, you know, you know, you know. So, uh, okay, are you ready? Yes. All right. Three, two, one, play. Guys, and things are back to normal. <laughs> These promos are always so misleading because, like, I know it's going to be more emotionally, like, deep, Oh, but... for sure. Right now, there's, um, like, there's not a Yeah, dancers. like, what do I get from this, you know? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's it, not a lot here that we can, it's just, it's the first day of school. Yeah, and actually, there's a lot of stuff in, like, the first two episodes that was in the original trailer, which I like because... Um, the rest of the season's a mystery. The rest of the season's yeah. a mystery. Like, I'm interested in going to the original trailer and, like, cutting out all the stuff that we've already seen and then every episode looking at what's left. Yeah. You know, like, uh, for example, in the 100 last season, I thought that, like, after the first, like, three episodes, I was like, well, that's it for the trailer. But, like, if you go back and look at it, it's like, whoa. It was all the way to the finale. Yeah, there's actually lots in here that yeah. we haven't seen yet. Almost so to the finale. I'm kind of interested in doing that. Okay, let's go through this. So it's the first day of senior year, and Veronica's going to be late because she's doing Archie, as usual. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. So they're running, um, like, the Scooby-Doo gang through the hallway. We've got Cheryl, Tony, and the River Vixens. I think we talked about this in our trailer podcast. I don't know what Cheryl is throwing. I don't know either. Is that Mad Dog? 
Is that my guy, Mad Dog? Mad Dog is very angry with Reggie. I'm so happy to have Mad Dog. Me too. I'm pretty sure that the, like, description for this episode is, like, Archie tries to get Mad Dog to come to school. And I'm like, oh. Fantastic. We ship it. Yeah, we do. I'm never going to stop shipping it. Yeah. The groundwork is there, Riverdale. It is. Just do it, you cowards. They never will. They never will. Archie is the straightest man that's ever existed. Yes, and I'm upset about it. Yeah. Okay, so Mad Dog is pushing Reggie... We're doing our burlesque show type thing. I don't, don't really know. I'm like, just skirting right past I don't know how they're going to make that make sense. Also, if I were to do a burlesque show, I'd be wearing what Cheryl is wearing because she's mostly covered. Yeah. But I mean, also, like, if these were teenagers, they'd be like, shout out, like, do whatever. But I'm like, mm, but yeah. you're doing it in a sexual way. So I'm, I feel weird. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So Veronica and Archie are taking off their clothes. Betty and Jughead are making out or whatever. More making out. Man, I forgot Archie has a freaking serpent tattoo. That's I also so, forgot that. So dumb. Okay, yeah, just like the core four doing stuff. Kevin's out in the forest. Yes. And Stop someone's cruising. Someone's smashing a window. Yeah, I can't tell. I have tried. I can't tell who it is. Yeah, I don't know who it is. It's very muscly. Could be Mad Dog. Could be. Yeah. So much for a quiet senior year. <sighs> That's you know it. how it is in the town of Riverdale. <laughs> Classic Riverdale. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. If you like us, please leave us a review on iTunes. We love those. And also fill out our survey. It is always open and it is located in the description box. Yeah. And if you don't feel like writing a review, that's okay. You can still just rate without making a review. Yay! You know. Uh, if you're a fan of The Hundred, we like to talk about that show too. We did season four, season five, season six. We will be doing the final season, which is season seven. And then after that, going back and doing the first three seasons. So go and check us out over there. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. It is our longest and most in-depth podcast. Mm-hmm. So I would highly recommend it. Yeah. yeah. We've done season one and uh, we're almost to the end of season two. We are currently releasing monthly. Yes. If you're a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. We did all of season one. We did uh, short form reactions to season three as we watched the season. Um, and soon we will be going through season two long form. I'm excited. Yeah. And we are doing a Picard pod, which we talked about. We are going to be podcasting Star Trek Picard. Robin has no idea what's going on in Star Trek. Nope. I have most idea of what's going on on Star Trek. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert because Trekkies are like the, I think the original fandom. Mm. And so um, they are very precise and I'm afraid of them. So we're going to do our best. Yeah. And if you want to help us out with that, please uh, donate to our Patreon. Donate to our (laughs) Patreon. It's patreon.com slash the aficionados. If you can't donate for any reason, that's totally okay. Please recommend us to a friend. You can follow the aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebelly, YouTube, mostly Twitter, and Robin makes gifts on Tumblr. Please support her. Please support my gifts. I work really hard on that. It's true she does. Um, uh, Please uh, hang out with us live every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. PST on uh, TV Co. Download the app TVCO. It'll be in the description. Uh, we hope that you will come hang out with us. You can follow me on Twitter at Britannia, which is B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an underscore at the end. And you can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-E-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. Join us for our next episode, which is Fast Times at Riverdale High. Yes, which is a reference to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, which is a 1982 American coming-of-age comedy film, and it chronicles the school year in the lives of a few sophomores and some older kids. Perfect. Cool. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, love you. Bye.